Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the first episode of On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, and six feet apart from my co-host, Michael Levitt, and we're so glad to bring you this new show. And as you can tell by our name, we're going to be talking a lot baseball, baseball, and oh yeah, more baseball. A little bit about myself, I'm a sophomore here at Mizzou, and I'm majoring in sports broadcast journalism, and my favorite baseball stat is FIP, Field Independent Pitching, while my favorite random stat is that if you turned every home run Barry Bonds ever turned hit into an out, his career on base percentage would be 384, which is the same as Alex Rodriguez. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you, Adam. There is a lot of uncertainty in sports right now, so it is good to wallow a bit deeper into the sport and understand it better. I am a junior at Mizzou majoring in convergent sports journalism with a minor in business. My favorite baseball statistic is runs created, and my favorite random stat is that both Prince and Cecil Fielder ended their careers with 319 home runs. So we have a couple of things we do want to cover today. But first and foremost, there's, there's nothing more important in the world of sports right now or in the world or in the sports world right now than what the Milwaukee Bucks started with their protest on Wednesday. The shooting of Jacob Blake was a despicable act, no matter what. Across the NBA, WNBA, the NHL, MLS, and MLB, and other sports worldwide even, athletes have stood up, they boycotted their games, and they spoke out against the systemic racism that has plagued our nation for centuries, and it still does to this day. And for me as a white man, this isn't really a comfortable topic. But I know that I have to be on the right side of history, and I need to stand up for those who are treated unfairly. And I believe that Black Lives Matter. It is unfair to me that my future kids will not need to be told to be extra cautious or afraid when they're being pulled over or to be careful when they're just on the street. While all across this nation, there are black families that have to do, warn their kids about all those things and to be careful. Racism isn't okay. It's never been okay. And it's never going to be okay. And to me, it is just awful and sad that right now we're sitting here talking about fixing racism and trying to end racial injustice exactly 15, 57 years, exactly 57 years to the day after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. announced to the world at the March on Washington, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. I would wholeheartedly second everything that you said, Adam. Racism has long been an issue in this country, and the ending of, se of several unarmed black lives by police officers is just one part of it. But fixing one issue of racism at a time is how it will need to be done, because fixing it all at once is too big a task for any government to handle. Professional athletes have taken up a fight for what they believe in, and by doing so have made the conversation more prevalent to the eyes of politicians. And while that is not how it should be, unfortunately, that's how it, this country works. Many things in this country need to be changed. But instead of dwelling on that, I will wrap up this topic by saying that there needs to be change. We have seen too many people with promising futures ahead of them die at the hands of racism. It's time to end this mutiny that has such a terrible history in this country. Thank you, Michael. And I think it's important that we all stay educated. We need to stay informed and be aware of what's happening in this country, regardless of your views. And make your voices be heard, people. But for now, we're going to head to a quick break. And when we return, we're going to talk about some big upcoming things around base, Major League Baseball, specifically the trade deadline, awards, and players who are getting hot at the right time this season. So stay tuned here on KCUU 88.1 FM. 
Dylan's buying any lemonade for our team. Maybe the lemonade's too sour. Sounds like Mama needs a little sugar. You need a sweet sign from Diggit Graphics. Who are you? They call me T. Shirts. Shirts. Diggit Graphics has all the hottest vinyl banners and signs in town. Besides, you know what they say. When life hands you lemons. You make lemonade? No, man. You squirt that bad boy back in life's eye. Oh. Diggit Graphics. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Diggitgraphics.com. Shirts. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. Welcome back to On Deck Circle here on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen alongside Michael Levitt, about six feet apart. And we are back to talk more ba- about baseball when we're going to regard a lot about the trade deadline right now. So the trade deadline is actually coming up fast. It's on Monday. And obviously that's kind of weird because... Normally it's in July thirty first July, but obviously with the shortened season it's it's on August thirty first, and there's a lot of intriguing and hot takes on trades. For one, I personally believe that J D Martinez, the star slugger for the Boston Red Sox, could be traded. It does sound crazy, but the Red Sox are really struggling, and I think it might be time for them to look towards an honest full rebuild. He hasn't J D hasn't opt out after the season and honestly the likelihood that him a star slugger who's getting up there in age and who has an opt out it's unlikely to me that he would stay here if they can't pick if they don't trade him so with his he has a couple of opt outs he has another opt out after this season and then another one after next season so for him to get traded to a contender and there's plenty of teams that could use a star DH, mainly, namely teams that are in the National League because they didn't have as much time to. They didn't know that they were going to have a universal DH. So, I would go. Like they don't have a foreseeable future for them. So many. Can, so for me, the Red Sox, they have a lot of things they might want to look for. Probably an outfielder or any like infielders or just pitching in general. They just need to find something to rebuild. And he's definitely one of the best power bats in baseball. And there's a team, even if there's teams without struggles, you can still use a guy like J.D. Martinez, a designated hitter. So I would be shocked if a, te- a team doesn't isn't willing to give Chaim Bloom, the VP of bas- baseball operations for the Red Sox, doesn't get a call. And if I had to say that any team that could pull the trigger, while they're not really struggle, struggling offensively, the Padres have immense farm depth, depth in that farm system. 
And even if they traded to one of their top prospects in C.J. Abrams, who's ranked, who's in the top 500, Taylor Trammell, they'd still have a top-tier farm system. Mackenzie Gore, Luis Camposano, Luis Patino, Adrian Morihone, Ryan Weathers, amongst many others. They have plenty of depth in that farm, and I don't see why they wouldn't, but it's all up to what they do. And in general, the Red Sox really need to start thinking about it. Yeah, I can see the Red Sox listening to offers for Xander Bogarts, too. Bogarts is one of the best shortstops in baseball right now. Is signed through 2025, but he will gain the ability to veto trades soon after the deadline due to his contract. So with Red Sox struggling, as you said, Adam, and looking towards the future, it might be the time for the Red Sox to trade him. It would definitely take a huge haul for them to think about giving him up, but I can see the Reds doing that, honestly. Um... I mean, maybe a package including probably Nick Senzel, um, one of their top two pitching prospects in, in Hunter Green and uh, Nick Lodolo, and probably another infield prospect. Um, maybe someone like Reese Hines. Um, I mean, Cincinnati has a surplus of outfielders now as it is, so giving up Senzel wouldn't be an issue for them. Um, because they, they still have Nick Castellanos, uh, Aristides Aquino. Um, well, a guy, I mean, the Red Sox have a have a shortstop of the future already in Jeter Downs, so they wouldn't necessarily need a shortstop back now. Um, but they obviously getting a pitcher for the future would help, and um, getting another another third prospect, whether it's Hines or someone else, would would definitely help move the Red Sox towards their future. Yeah, I could see that because the Red Sox. Like, what is their future right now? Alex Verdugo, they got, I, I have to feel like they kind of got robbed in that Mookie Betts trade. Because what Mookie Betts is doing, I mean, he's an MVP finalist in another league now, and he's just absolutely been ridiculous, and he's not leaving the Dodgers now. I mean, he got that big extension. And I just think the Do- like Alex Verdugo's been fantastic this year. But what else do they have? I mean, Chris Sales, I mean, Tom, will be coming off of Tommy John. And to me, I don't see what their future would be. I mean, Bogarts is good, but is there is that team really talented enough t- in their next year when they're pro- when they be more likely healthy to compete with a team like the New York New York Yankees who have Garrett Cole, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Gio Rochelle has been pretty good too, and Luke Voigt, who honestly looks like an MVP candidate. They got Glaber Torres. I'm not even not even done there. They have Glaber Torres. They have DJ LeMahieu. Gary Sanchez is a great power hitter. This this team, do they have enough to compete with that? I doubt it. And with the Rays, the Rays look fantastic. That rotation is outstanding. Blake Snell, Yarborough, Charlie Morton, Tyler Glasnow, as well as Austin Meadows. Kevin Kiermaier is not a great hitter, but he's a fantastic defensive player. They've got Willie Adamas, and coming up soon will probably be Wander Franco. Yandy Diaz is pretty decent, and Brandon Lau also looks like an MVP candidate. I don't see any way that they can compete. And even the Blue Jays, who are not spectacular, but they have Boba Shett, who are you like to call Boba Fett. Um, so they've got too much talent. There's too much talent in that division for them not to think about their future. Yeah, I mean, Toronto definitely has a good future ahead of them, as do as do Tampa Bay and the Yankees, so... I mean, even with both Chris Sale and Eduardo Rodriguez coming back next year, I think I think because Red Sox weak link is the pitching at this point. Yeah, they just don't have enough starting pitching. 
I mean, they they already traded Brandon Workman to the Phillies, along with Heath Hembry, um, another reliever. So, I mean, their bullpen, they've already started offloading guys. And, I mean, I can see them definitely continuing. Maybe, probably trading Jackie Bradley Jr., since he's a free agent this offseason. See what they can get for that for him. Um, I mean, yeah, I can see them definitely looking towards the future and trying to trying to um, rebuild, or if not rebuild, at least reload. Re- yeah, maybe like a retooling because they've got good players, but I don't know what their future is. It kind of feels like they're in a state of mediocrity where like they could make a playoff playoffs, but they're not going to do much with it, and that would just put them in like a purgatory state where they're just never going to be good enough and they're not like we don't know where they are at in at point like you've seen that in other sports it's mostly in basketball where this team where it's a highly top heavy team uh league but with baseball your your window i feel like a baseball window is really short we've really not seen any teams that have had it the only dynasty we've really seen in the last 15 years was the was the giants and even the Red Sox did win two World Series in the last decade, but like they were totally different teams at the each time. So really, baseball is becoming a lot more. It can be anybody, especially with the sixteen-team playoffs, and I don't know if that's going to continue next year. And it's just an interesting way to think about it because, again, like you said, the Rays' futures are bright. The Blue Jays got to probably have a pretty bright future, and the Yankees, even though a lot of their guys are in the majors now, they still have like. Davey Garcia, who's a pretty darn good uh, pro- pitching prospect, and Jason Dominguez, who is like ridiculous, and he's like se- he's 17 years old, and he he's probably he's a probably going to be a five tool player, elite. And honestly, I don't see any way the Red Sox. Ha- I don't think the Red Sox have a future right now. I think they have some guys towards the future. I don't know if yes. they have their whole future yeah. planned out yet. They need so, to start thinking about that. Yeah, I think they definitely need to at least try to get some pieces that could help them in the future. I mean, they got Jeter Downs and Alex Verdugo um, in return for Mookie Betts this offseason. So, they, I mean, that helps them some. I mean, obviously obviously trading Betts a year before um, before he becomes a, or before he was to become a free agent would, um, has, I mean, helped them get more for him, which obviously helps their future more. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, I think they definitely should start looking towards the future. Um, yeah. Start start trying to add some guys. And with the Reds on that side of the other half of the deal, obviously the Reds are for the Bogarts part. I don't know because the Reds are really struggling, which is kind of shocking because you would everyone was really high on the Reds. I myself was, and I thought they were going to be a lot better. And obviously, it's kind of take it with a grain of salt for this season. It's kind of a weird season, but I don't know. Trevor Bauer is a free agent, and he's been maybe the best pitcher in baseball this year. Just this year, I'm saying. Even though he hasn't started as many games as someone like uh, Max, like uh, some of the players on the pitchers of the Braves, uh, I think it's Max Free. Fried is doing Freed is doing very well. Um, so I don't know what what do, what do you think? Did they trade Trevor Bauer? Does it depend? On, do you think part of that depends on how they play this weekend against an, another team that's kind of struggling in the Cubs offensively? But what do you think about Trevor Bauer? I think it def- they definitely have to sort of see this weekend. Um... I mean, even, especially in the shortened season, a few days can mean a lot to a team. So if you start selling off guys now, instead of waiting until Sunday or Monday, I mean, it's going to be, you can see, I mean, those, even two wins, I mean, could make a big difference, especially with the 60-game season this year. And momentum means a lot 
especially because this is like a playoff rush. Honestly, it's mom- their momentum. If you can win, momentum. People th- like I feel like some people discount that, but momentum is a big thing in sports. Like if you have momentum, it demoralizes your opponent, and it does mean a lot. It helps you win. It gets your adrenaline going, and even in without home field advantage, realistic home field advantage, who knows? I I don't think they go are going to trade Trevor Bauer. But it's something I think they should consider just if they really don't want to risk losing him in the offseason. Because I don't know how. It seems like from his little vlogs, they're kind of entertaining. But I don't know what they're going to. I don't know if they're going to want to bring him back because he might want a lot of money. Yeah. And I can definitely see. I mean, I can see. I see a lot of teams being interested in him. Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are going to be interested. Yeah. They're interested with almost every yeah, high-priced player. They're just player. interested yeah. with everybody that's a pitch. Every high-priced player. and I, I can just, see White Sox being interested, Mets. I don't know about the White Sox. I feel like they, they've they got a great thing going right now. I mean, Jose Abreu's been ridiculous. We'll talk more about that later. But I don't know. I could see I – I don't think I see the White Sox doing it because even though their pitching hasn't been – I mean, their pitching's been pretty good of late. There's a few guys who haven't been – the performing as well as they would like, but I mean, Giolito just threw a no hitter. So, I mean, they're 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 pretty good. They're doing pretty well right now, and they're tied for second in their division. That the AL Central is an absolute deadlock. I mean, wow. I mean, I knew we all knew the Twins were going to be ridiculously good. We knew. Th- I don't know if people thought the Indians were going to be as good as they are. I I didn't think they were going to be bad, but I didn't think they were going to be like. Content potentially trying to get for to win their division. I still think the Twins run away with it, but who knows? With yeah, that division. That's a, that's a fun division to watch. It might you could argue it might be the best. In, you could argue it it is possibly the best division in baseball this year. I would probably I would agree with that. Maybe the only thing closer, the only would be the either NL East or NL Central. Because NL, NL Central, I don't know. NL Central's got a lot of struggle. Like they have the worst, arguably the worst team in baseball. I'd say the NL West is probably better. At least because you got the Padres, who have been really have been fun to watch with their unwritten rule breaking players, haha. <laughs> but I I enjoy watching. I okay, I enjoy watching the Padres. They are a fun team to watch. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, definitely that offense is that offense is spectacular. That is. Tatis is probably the MVP front runner right now. Yeah, is he? I would say it's either him or Bryce Harper. I love to hear that because I love Bryce Harper. Yeah, I mean, I can see, because NL East is a tight race, too. I mean, you, you have the Mets, who are in fourth place, only four and a half games back of Atlanta in first I mean, place. Yeah, Bryce Harper, if you look at stat, uh, baseball savant, his stat cast percentile rankings, he's in the top 98 percentile. He's in the 98th percentile of expected weighted on base average. His expected batting average is 95th percentile. His exit velocity is in the 79th percentile. He has been returning to it. He has been... Pr- Kind of, I guess you could say he's shutting up the haters because a lot of people like to think that he's an overrated and overpaid guy, but they don't realize how talented he is because he's he's ridiculous. Oh he, yeah, he's so he's so good. He brings a lot to a team that you can't measure, like energy and the passion he brings for the game. It's something you can't really measure. Yeah, I mean, e- I mean, even the stuff you can measure. I mean, if you look, if, I mean, his he's hitting three seventeen. An on base percentage of 457, slugging percentage 634. I mean, he's seven homers, 20 RBI. I mean, he's he's having, pro- aside from 2015, probably his best year of his career. Yeah. Tw- oh, yeah. His tw- I mean, this is 
I mean, obviously it's a small sample size, but I would argue that Bryce Harper is playing like a top five player in ba- playing like a top five player in baseball. I'm not saying he is right now, but he is. I'm not saying he's actually a top five player in baseball, but he's playing as if he is one. And yeah, 20, his 2015 season is probably the best of the last decade. If you individually, offensively, it might be, but he's been fun to watch. And even though the Phillies are kind of like their bullpen is horrendous, but the offense, could it carry them? Maybe. They did just acquire. They did acquire Brandon Workman and a couple other guys. I see they might again a trade deadline. Speaking of them, they might look to trade some for somebody. Yeah, I can definitely see them trading for. Probably, I can see them definitely going after pitching. Hitting, I don't know that they need as much. I'd say if they pitching wise, Mike Call Givens, uh, of the Baltimore Orioles. I I feel like that's a name a lot of people have thrown around for the trade deadline. I don't know other bullpen guys that might like. I've heard like, I've heard Trevor Rosenthal being thrown oh around. Oh yeah, Trevor a lot Rosenthal. Too. I mean the Royals, Kansas City. Yeah, yeah, the Royals bullpen. I mean, uh, Josh Stallmont. What that? Speaking of bullpen for the Royals, wow, he is unfair. He he his pit his movement is filthy and he throws like a hundred miles per hour on his fastball. Like he's been re- pretty fun to watch. Him and um, James Karinchak of the. Cleveland Indians, both of them have been stellar and just been quite surprising to watch that those two burst. Yeah, onto and the scene. Karinchak's a top relief prospect yes. too. So I mean, it's and Stalmont's a top prospect for Kansas City. So I mean, it's, that's it's not surprising to see them do well. I guess it's just sort of surprising to see them do well this early in their career. Yes, I would agree with that one. So we'll 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 be back. We're gonna head to a quick break. We're going to continue talking a little bit more trade deadline and about also about some surprising players. You're listening to On Deck Circle here on KCOU 88.1 FM. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ag Council. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. Uh, hi, Columbia. You listen KCOU 88.1 FM. Have a groovy time. KCOU would like to shout out East Side Cavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, Eastside is a solid place to hang out.
welcome back here on On Deck Circle, here on KCOU 88.1 FM, where we are discussing the Major League Baseball trade deadline. I'm Michael Levitt, alongside Adam Rosen, and Adam, the Pirates in the NL Central, worst National League team right now, they're the only team without double-digit wins on the season. Yeah, they're just not very good, and the Pirates... They're just, yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's really shocked because they're just, they haven't really been that good since, what, 2015 when they got blanked in the wild card game. Go Cubs. Um, but they, they've, they started, like you said, I mean, like, like you said, they're the la- one of the, they, they're the only team without double digit wins right now. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, they've played, um, I mean, they, they've played 28 games so far. So, I mean, the, they're 9 and 19. The only team worse than them in baseball is is Boston, who's actually they're ten and twenty one, which is uh, actually sorry, it's the Angels who are ten and twenty two, um, with a three thirteen winning percentage. That's the only team worse by winning percentage. Um, so I mean, definitely going to be sellers at the trade deadline. I mean, they've already started trading away players. They sent Jared Dyson to the White Sox this morning. Didn't get much. Got international bonus money, but. Um, I mean, for, I mean, it helps them develop more p- prospects, hopefully. So, I mean, that in that sense, I guess it's they got something. Um, yeah. I, I mean, they they would have probably traded Keon Kila. Now he's on yeah. the yeah, he's on the injured list. Right. So that's that that throws a wrench in that plan. Yeah, I can see them trading Josh Bell though, or at least looking really? to trade him. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't been having a good year, so his value is going to be down. Um, he's hitting one ninety. 245 on base percentage, 270 slugging percentage. And he's under contract for two more years, both arbitration eligible years. Um, had a really good breakout year last year and um, was part of the All-Star game, home run derby. I can see a team definitely trying to trade for him in the hopes that he'll, he'll bounce back in a different environment. The, my main sort of question is if the Pirates would be willing to trade him. Yeah, that's that's true. I don't know. I mean, they could even though he's struggling this year, people know what he's done in the past and it I feel like they could do it. They're they again, they're horrible <laughs> and they really need to start thinking about a prepper preparing for that long-term future and he's under team control for a few more years. So they could get plenty of value from him because of that. And he's a solid switch hitter at a position that really doesn't have much depth league-wide. So it depends on what they want. It depends on what they want to do and what they could get for him. I don't know what team really needs a first baseman right now. I mean... He could fit in a DH, too. He which, could fit in a DH. I feel like teams might want him. DHs are much more like... I feel like they can get in a free agency deal. But for Josh Bell, I feel like... The Nationals, maybe. I mean, I can see that. Yeah, I don't know what they would give up for him. Aren't they? Apparently, they're looking to looking already looking about Carter Keyboom. I don't apparently. know that they're as much looking for him as much as other teams are looking at him. That could be an interesting one. I doubt that yeah. happens. Um, I mean, Keyboom hasn't looked good in the majors this year. They tried him at third base for a while. I think he, um, he. I mean, he struck out a ton this year, and that's. I think they just think he's not ready, so they want to give him a little more time. Whereas other teams it. are, as I mean, as opposed to letting him sort of figure it out at the major league level, which, I mean, the Nationals, they're not really in it, but, I mean, they're, um, 
they would still rather have him figure it out in the minors rather than try to figure it out at the majors. So I think that's sort of why other teams are looking at him is because they feel the Nationals are giving up on him already. Maybe the Brewers? No, yeah, they're probably not going to the Brewers. That's a rival. Most, most, I doubt they trade to an in-division rival like that. But it, it could be. It depends. I don't really know what prospects the Brewers really have. I mean, Luis Arias. I, I mean... Uh, so speaking of the Brewers, I've seen some people throwing out the idea of Josh Hader. That's not happening. I mean, he's are, he's putting on a show right now. He might be the best closer in baseball right now. He hasn't given up a run. Yeah. I mean, definitely this season he's been the best. Hasn't even given up a hit this season. I mean, I'm, he's literally unhittable. Yeah. Much like Lucas Giolito was last week. Against the those Pirates. Yeah. So I, I feel like <clears throat> Josh Bell might be a— a guy, I feel like that might not be this year. It might be next year. I'm still trying to think of a team that really, like a contending team that could use a first baseman. <sighs> yeah, I can't even, th- I mean, maybe like, I would say Colorado's not really contending, but they've been decent. So that's something, I don't know what they would give up. Like Brendan Rodgers, probably not. They have other good prospects. Yeah, though. they have some other good prospects. I don't think Josh Bell would be worth like a top, 10, top 25 prospect. I, don't I think, think he definitely could be based on his, his production on the, from last year. It depends on the knee, uh, how desperate a team is. If they trade him, I feel like that would be an off season thing. Like in the, in winter, in the winter, I don't think they'd be trading him now because who knows with the pirates. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Josh Bell doesn't necessarily he wouldn't necessarily have to be traded to a contender either since he's under control for another that's couple of years. That's true. It could be like to a team that's getting to contention. Maybe the Marlins? Yeah, I was thinking them. Maybe the because Royals. Mar- Royal? I don't know how close the Royals are right now. I'd say, oh, no, the Blue Jays have Vlad. Vladdy, Vladdy Jr. is at first, and I don't see them moving him back to third because his defense is just so... I don't know if he's really in the best... I don't. I think with the way he... with. Like for him, I don't. He'd have to slim down a lot to be able to play third. I feel like it'd be really difficult for him to be able to make make be a good defender, even a serviceable defender at third. It's easier to be for his high for the size he is. I feel like it'd be easier for him to be at first. Yeah, and I think that's part of why they moved him to first this exactly. year is because he wasn't good defensively. By the way, I still think he should have should have been the home run derby champion. <laughs> but who knows with that? Speaking of home, that, Pete Alonso has been struggling this year too. I mean, honestly, just the Mets and as a whole kind of have. I mean, Pete Alonso last year led all of Major League Baseball in home runs. He won Rookie of the Year almost unanimously. And this year, it's just not been a great. He's just not having a good year right now. He's hitting. I mean, two twenty ones. Not. I mean, batting average isn't the most important stat, but for him, for a guy like him, what he had last year, an OPS of seven forty six is not good. I mean, you're getting on base 35% of the time, fine. But with his power, he's slugging below 500, 450. Below 400, even. Yeah, below 400, yeah. I mean, he's slugging 394. And he only has five homers, too. Eight extra base hits total is three doubles. Hitting, yeah, hitting 221. I mean, he's definitely, he's fallen back. And I don't know if part of that's because of the sort of stop and go with spring training, but 
it or looks, because of the shortened season. Sometimes it seems like he's not using his like when he's swinging. It looks like he's just swinging through everything. He's not look, using his lo- legs enough, and a lot of that power comes from your lower body. You have to be able to make sure you're getting unloading on the ball. I mean, part of that, like we saw with Stanton, he changed his stance up a lot, and I mean, obviously he's the obviously he's one of the best power hitters we've seen in the last fifteen years, even. Since even obviously like since Barry Bonds, honestly, but uh, uh, Stanton changed his stance a lot and he slimmed down a lot. Maybe along, it's too. I feel like it's too early to question Alonzo for all that, but maybe maybe it's something you consider looking at his his, his physicality. He might need to want to. He might want to look into trying to work on that or something. Maybe a little more agile. But for now, I feel like he's going to be – I think he's going to be fine. It's just a weird season. Like we saw earlier this season, Christian Yelich was hitting like playing as if literally it was like the worst player in baseball. But we know who Chris, we know how good Christian Yelich is. He's been ridiculous since trading traded to Milwaukee. He's probably a top five player. Um, he almost won the Triple Crown rookie year. He probably – in his, his first year in Milwaukee, I mean, he – Probably, if he doesn't get hurt last year, I do think he goes back to back in MVPs. I mean, his his stats have been he's he's been nuts. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, this year he definitely took a step back. But I mean, in the the past couple of years, I mean, he was, I mean, arguably the best outfield in base outfielder in baseball, not named Mike Trout. Oh yeah, Mike Trout's pretty good. I mean. It would take a lot for someone to be better than Mike Trout, and obviously Christian Yelich has done a lot, but no no one's taken over Mike Trout anytime soon. And right now, yeah, Yelich is still struggling. Three twenty on base, OPS is seven sixty eight. Yikes! I mean that's 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 above average, but for a superstar player like him, that's on for on a team. And the Milwaukee Brewers are really struggling this year too, so that's not good at all. Considering he's he's hitting 190, that's actually not a bad OPS. Considering yeah, that's true. His on base percentage is 320, whereas he's hitting 190, so he's still walking a good amount. I mean, 19 times in 125 plate appearances. So I'd say I mean, a lot of that is fear, for sure. Yeah, I think part of it is. I would definitely agree with that. I think teams are still sort of worried that. I mean, he can break out at any moment can, and go back. He to He can what just he was. explode and crush you at any any moment in time, as you as you've seen over the past few years and. Last last year, for example, like eleven hundred OPS. The year before, a thousand OPS. And even my even in Miami, like he wasn't bad. Like so, it. I think it's a matter of time. Yelich is going to be fine. It's not like he's terrible this year. Even Mike Trout like struggled a little bit to start the year. Your Arnold Acuna was awful to start the year. Cody Ballinger was too. Cody Ballinger was terrible to start the year. I mean. It's a weird season, and I don't think it's something we need team players or fans need to be worried about for their respective organizations. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely sort of a it's a difficult challenge for everyone. So I think I think fans or I mean teams in general worrying too much about players. I mean, obviously, if there is a good amount of drop off, I mean, you do need to be worried. But considering, I mean, it, if it's only if it's not too much worse, I mean, I I would definitely. I wouldn't get too concerned at this point. Yeah, I wouldn't be too concerned. But for now, we're going to head off to one more quick break. And when we're back, we're going to wrap up with a little bit of uh, award predictions and talking about who we could see as a favorite for MVPs and Cy Youngs and maybe some Rookie of the Years. So, but you've been, you're listening to On Deck Circle on KCOU 88.1 FM. 
Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Oh, this is mommy's jam. Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. KCOU. We're just normal enough to appreciate Drake's cultural relevance, but just weird enough to make a sweeper like this. KCOU. KCOU. The city in chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague their people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman. My forecast. Head down to Digit Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Name's T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says, I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Digitgraphics.com. Shirts. Welcome back to the welcome back to on deck circle with I'm on KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen across from Michael Levitt. And now that we've really recapped some trade deadline stuff and other rumors like that, we have an awards. We got some awards to predict. So for me, I think NL MVP, I said it earlier, has a clear cut favorite. It's Fernando Tatis Jr. Leading the major, he's leading the majors in home runs at 13. He's tied for the RBI's lead with 30. So, and I don't think it's really particularly close. He's been help. He without him, the Padres. I don't think they're nearly. I don't think they're anything close to what they are right now. They're in second place. They're a clear cut team to make the playoffs as of right now. And I just, I don't see a way for them to not. I don't see a way without him. They don't. I mean. They are, they're 19 and 14. They're five games behind the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are the Dodgers. So I, I, it's not close, but if I had to pick another player, like if I had to pick someone to compete with him for it, it's Mookie Betts. He's proved his worth and he's proved that he's uh, pretty much satisfied that contract immediately. But for now it's Tatis Jr. And his unwritten rule breaking prowess that has taken the league by storm. And for AL MVP, I'm going to go a little we on a weird one here recently this player has been on a t- ridiculous stretch this player right now is leading the american league in home runs and rbis they're fourth in ops and for my fellow sabermetric friends this player has a 178 wrc plus which is good for third in the american league if you don't know what that means that means this player is creating 78 percent more runs than a league average hitter does in the same amount of play, plate appearances this guy is jose abreu the white Sox first baseman and it's a little bit of a stretch because obviously it's really been in recently but I feel like Jose Abreu doesn't get the amount of respect he deserves because he's been playing on the White Sox on the South side of Chicago for the White Sox for so long. And I think now that they're finally a contender, 
it, I mean, he's proved that he's one of the best first basemen in baseball. And they've been on a fantastic run. They're tied for second in that division, that difficult AL Central. But I, I, it's possible, and I do. I honestly think if he continues it even a slightly, a little about this pace, or maybe a little less, that I think he can definitely do it. Michael, do you? Who do? You, what do you think? For MVP, I'd have to agree with you on Tatis. Um, AL's I think is a little bit tougher. You yeah. could argue Luke Voigt could be up there, yeah, Luke especially for the Yankees. Yeah. Um, Abreu definitely, I think he has a shot at it, especially with how good he's been recently and if he can keep it up over the rest of the season, which, I mean, I can see him cooling off a little bit, but still being, still uh, going at a pretty good pace. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can still see him being a lot above league average. And still staying in the MVP conversation, even if he does fall off a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say they're both. I'd say yeah. he's in there, too. Um, for Cy Young, American League has to go to Shane Bieber. There's almost no question about that. Has 75 strikeouts in 46 and two-thirds innings. Six wins. Leads the MLB in all three of those. Has a sparkling 135 ERA. And batting average against, 176. Which is, which is good for probably about fifth in the in the league right now, in all of baseball. Sorry. So I mean, Indians are in the hunt for the playoffs. Currently tied with the White Sox for the top wild card spot, and both are only a half game back of the Twins. If Indians continue doing this good, there's almost no question that he's get it. That he's getting it. And even if they were worse at this point, I'd still say he deserves it with how ridiculous he's been. Um, National League Cy Young Award is a little bit tougher. Um, you could say Trevor Bauer. I'm going to go with Max Freed. Um, tied for the National League lead with five wins and is tied with Bieber with ERA at 135. Braves have been a good team too. So, I mean, he's basically the one holding their rotation together because Mike Soroka's hurt. Mike uh, Fultinowicz is in the minors. Um, I mean, they have... I mean, their starting pitching has really fallen apart. Cole Hamels is on the injured list. They're just trying to find any good starting pitchers they can find. And obviously in the playoffs, that might hurt them a bit. But for the regular season, I mean, I think... I mean, Freed's the one who's... He's become their ace for this season, especially with Soroka out. So, I mean, I I definitely think he deserves it too. What do you think? I think for... Yeah, for American League Cy Young, even if they don't, even if they do fall apart and Shane Bieber doesn't have a great win-loss record, I think in recent years with Jacob deGrom and even seven years ago, uh, over oh, about seven, eight years ago with for, uh, Felix Hernandez, I feel like p- p- voters have stopped caring as much about the win-loss record because they've. I think they've saw, hopefully they've realized, except for that one year with Rick Porcello, hopefully they've realized that win-loss record is not, too, is not as indicative of as a pitcher's um, ability to play pit thr- ability, but more of the teams with win- run supports a huge factor, and all that. So I don't think I hope I hope that they look stop giving a stop giving a win loss record as much as they have before. But I feel like they won't. They'll stop giving as much. And for the NL, yeah, Max Fry- Fried's been good. Trevor Bauer's been ridiculous. But I'm not gonna say I don't want to be too biased here. But I feel like. 
people are sleeping on you, Darvish, a little. I don't think he is winning it, but if you look over the la- since the last for, since the All Star break, he's not the best pitcher in baseball. Obviously, he's not even close, honestly. But since the All Star break last year, you can argue he's been pitching as if you like like the best play- pitcher in baseball, one, as, or if not one of them. He's been ridiculous. And this year, with a 1.7 ERA, 5-1, and one, uh, 37 innings, 44 strikeouts, a .92 whip, he's been flat-out unbelievable this season. And uh, I, I could see him winning. I don't think he does because of, his, uh, because of the other guys and because the other guys have been a little better. But I, I do think that Hugh Darvish has been unbelievable and I think he should get some consideration from voters and just fan bases as well yeah I would say he's pro- he's up there too I mean NL's NL Cy Young is definitely a lot closer than the AL Cy Young yeah. um sort of like how AL MVP is a lot closer than NL MVP um I mean it's just I guess it's one of those years where players in one league or there's more clear-cut guy or there's a clear-cut guy to win the award in one league and not the other yeah, and for Rookie of the Year, I, I don't know about NL. NL has been really weird because I thought it would be Gavin Lux, but he didn't really start. He didn't start with the majors. I was going to then my next one was going to be like Nico Horner, but he's been kind of rough the last few weeks, as has basically the entire Cubs offense, not named Ian Happ. And Dustin May, I guess. That's who I'm thinking. I mean, he is... He, I mean, for someone who wasn't was expected to start the year at the alternate training site, but then Clayton Kershaw's injury opened up space for him. So, I mean, he's he jumped it. He was up with them for a bit last year, and came up, started opening day for them in place of Kershaw, and hasn't looked back since. I mean, two seventy nine ERA in six starts, struck out twenty in twenty nine innings, which he could probably improve on that, but that's not terrible. Yeah, seven walks is okay. 117 whip. I mean, for a, for a league where there's not really too many, where it's not where there's not really too many clear cut good rookies, I think he's definitely towards the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. Yeah. So, but quickly back, to, I just want to refer, go back to you, Darvish, for a, a minute. You, uh, Darvish, since the, last year's All Star break, has been has had a 108 struck out one, at least, uh, la, second half of last year. And then when you combine it with this year, he's got 162 strikeouts, an ERA less than two, or less than less than three. And, I mean, his batting average against is has been ridiculous. I mean, his OPS against has been below 700. He's been flat-out dominant in the last about third, what, the 20 starts about. And I feel like... Uh, Myself as a Cubs fan, we were, I was, like, ragging on him. Like, why would you get rid of Jake Arrieta? Like, Jake Arrieta was doing just fine, and then you just give him up, and you tie in someone you didn't have before, and you have to re-coach him. And, yeah, he struggled a lot. And now he's really taken off, returned to some of that stuff. We, not exactly what we saw in te- when he was with Texas, but he, a, pretty, pretty darn good. But, yeah, for rookie of the year, I think NL rookie of the year is Dustin May. I mean, that's pretty much all I can say about that one. Not rhyme, not intended. For AL Rookie of the Year, I think it's a two-man race, and it's Kyle Lewis, and who most people, but and then between most who most people predicted is a lock, Luis Robert. 
Yeah, I mean, that's sort of... Those are the two that people had at least had expected uh, Robert to be up there. And Lewis is sort of surprised. But at this point, I'm, I'm sort of think he's actually the front runner. Um, Robert's not, necessi- not necessarily doing as good as Lewis is. Um, Lewis is... I mean, he was a top prospect too, but he just... He was good uh, when he came up last year. He actually played 71 at-bats last year, had an OPS of 885, had six homers. So, I mean, he definitely showed power, whereas I don't know that he had too much in the minors. But this year, I mean, he's really taken it to another level, hitting 350 on base percentage of 442, slugging 547. I mean, he's he is, he, he has seven homers. I mean, he's not he his all around game is just he, he's probably yeah. he's one probably the most incredible rookie in the game right now. Oh yeah, I would agree with that. But I feel like for Luis Robert, I feel like just because again the, the team's way better, and for Robert, he's just been unbelievable. I mean, he hasn't been every. I mean, like I wouldn't say he's been everything we've expected, but like. People had ridiculous. I think some people were like comparing him, like saying, "Oh my God, this guy's gonna be the next Mike Trout." And like people are like, "Relax, relax. You don't get too high on him because then you're gonna be disappointed if he doesn't do his, if he doesn't have 45 steals and like four 30 home runs in his rookie year or whatever." So people were a little too hyped on. I, no, I'm not saying Luis Roberts overhyped. Luis Roberts ridiculous. He's going to be the best player. He might be. I think in five years. He might become the best player. He could potentially be the best player in baseball in five years, if not one of them. And he's going to be on the south side for with the White Sox for a long time. He's a fantastic young player, to, and he's so much fun to watch. Sometimes when you see him in the outfield, like he'll he'll just like wave off Eloy Jimenez and just say, "Bye, I have it." So he's he's been fun to watch. But I I think right now you do give it to Kyle Lewis if you're look, looking at stats. But if you're going if you are going to include the win loss record for of a team then yeah, then it would be Kyle Lewis. Or no, that would be Lewis Robert. My, my apologies. Yeah, Robert struck out a lot too. 40 yeah. strikeouts and 105 that's at normal. Best. That's normal for most rookie. Unless your name is Juan Soto, you don't, you, you're you going to strike out a lot as a rookie. And Juan, like I said, Juan Soto's like Ted Williams reincarnated. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it for us here on on Deck Circle. Thank you for joining us for our first episode and we'll be glad to come back next week and talk more baseball. And anything you want to say, Michael? Um, I mean, it's I'm glad it's been fun being here with you. Um, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, tune in next week, see more. Trade deadline will be over, so we'll probably analyze um, some trades that go down on Monday or by Monday. Um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of information to talk about. Yep, and so that is going to do it for us here on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Adam Rosen, across from Michael Levitt. Stay safe, everybody. I think we Mikey should. and Pat from Weezer. And you're listening to KCOU. 88.1 FM Columbia. Columbia. Columbia.